0: Craft Beer Radio, Episode Two Twenty Four, September Twenty Second, Twenty Twelve. Welcome to Craft Beer Radio. I'm Jeff Fair. I'm Greg Weiss. Busy working the soundboard over there. We love the stuff. We love narwhals. They're like a unicorn in the ocean, man. Welcome to and they are so awesome. And they are so awesome. Welcome to a quasi barrel. Age show various t- different type of barrels and plus a couple outliers. Well, one outlier really because one of them we're comparing to the. I mean, let's start yeah. with that one.
1: The the, the non the, the non yes barreled. Okay. All right, so this is uh, from my trip on the way home from vacation. We went to Akron, stopped at Hop and Frog, raided their beer fridge, and they had all kinds of great stuff. And this is the Auda Kilter Wee Heavy Scotch Style Red Ale.
0: This is at 8.2% alcohol by volume. All your beer geek numbers are here. 23 IBUs, 86 is the original gravity, 20.7 degrees Play-Doh. Wee heavy scotch ales, not my favorite style, I'll be honest. I tend to find them a little overpowering, a little over-sweet. Sometimes just a little boozy. You got coasters over there? Do I have coasters? Yeah, I have one. Here's a... All right. Broken coaster. slightly chewed coaster, that's yeah. okay um, we don't have coasters for other stuff
1: there should be a pile around here somewhere this smells we are so on the ball for our production here
0: oh, right there, they're over there by your computer Aha! a whole bunch of coasters so these um, does that smell kind of almost kind of sour to you? no
1: I'm not getting too small on a nose. We'll see as we dig into it a little bit more. It has uh, hmm. an interesting
0: oh. an interesting little little bit that I thought might be sour, but not sure yet. So, the color uh, is a caramel brown, maybe a little lighter than that, sort of some some red highlights, or depending on how mm-hmm. f- much of the light you put it to. If you put it right to the light, it's pretty yellow highlights. Yep. Down here by the table, it casts more of a reddish highlight. It's little uh, not quite fully clear, so you're not a freckle beer. It's uh, you can't see really through it. It's translucent.
1: Yeah, the nose I'm getting cherry. Uh so it's a little malty. I'm surprised how strong the cherry aroma is for me. It has this pretty sweet
0: smell. This has a a uh, hint of rye in it, they say.
1: Mm. Now, okay, now I'm, as I'm smelling, it's starting to smell a little bit more grainy. I mean, I'm getting like a a bread crust type smell, almost like a white bread crust.
0: Hmm. Yeah, maybe a little a little doughy, a little pizza doughy. Okay, yeah.
1: Okay, went on to the flip. Flip, the sip. Flavor, sip. You say that together, it turns out the sip. Flip. And... Uh, hmm It's interesting. There's a bunch of different things going on there. Let me take another sip. I really compose myself.
0: It's more more caramel heavy than other Wee Heavies I've had. It has uh But it also has some of those things I don't quite like about a Wee Heavy. It it's it's it does taste pretty boozy. Mm-hmm. It's it's punchy in different areas. The first thing I tasted was kind of cherry, and then it, it was a little um a little strongly whiskey like and I tend to like my whiskey in whiskey bottles as opposed to in beer. That's just a personal thing. A lot of people like a whiskey-infused beer. Not my cup of tea. It has a really
1: complex progression of flavors. It starts out a little sweet, a little bit of caramel, cherry, then it gets...
0: It's kind, kind of, of acrid, doesn't it? It gets... A little
1: acidity or something going yeah. on.
0: Maybe that's from... <coughs> You know the uh, tastes almost a little like uh, like charcoaly. There's a little bit of, and not like, not like roasty charcoaly, but just sort of the the acrid. No, the label uh, just says toasted
1: grains. Do they give you any more info on the grain? Like, they don't, because if they used, oh, that's unlikely. Um, I'm just trying to think if like, you know. It's not. It doesn't taste too smoky or anything. So I don't think they used any smoke malt. But it almost had like that. Well, you're talking about acrid. That's what I was kind of thinking. Like I wonder if there's mm-hmm. maybe a tiny bit. But really, I'm not picking up any smoke flavor at all. So I don't think that's what's
0: you know, yeah. From. There's a there's a hint of of what you may detect in smoked beers because of, of that acridness. But I think it's just that sort of um, it's kind of a an acidic kind of taste. It it it's it's kind of it's kind of strange. It it actually has. You know, we talk about how
1: acidic hops are, things like this. This has a different kind of acidity. It's you get it in the back of your throat. It, it it's kind of grape juice, like, grapefruit juice, like acidity. It just feels yeah. like you know the pH is like really, you know,
0: high, or It, it feels high like, hmm, um, it, it it almost feels like cigarette smoke. Hmm. So. I I really think, you know, I'm not a big smoker but I have smoked a cigarette or two in my time. And there's a taste there that's kind of reminiscent of it and not my favorite taste. This may need to be this may actually go well with certain types of cheese, I think. Uh the caramel notes will will go well with uh mm-hmm. with, with probably with like that tea-encrusted cheese with with the hard cheese. Um, that still mm-hmm. has some creaminess to it, but the then the fat will help to smooth out the the acrid points.
1: Okay, I warmed it up a lot. I really wrapped my hand around the glass, and I'm getting a little bit more vanilla out of it now. Did it still have It's the... still kind of boozy. You know, it's it does have. It's almost a weird. Like I'm not sure I'd go whiskey. I'd almost have go like it has a.
0: Oh, that that's what immediately comes to mind because uh, there's a there's a similar yeah there's a similar uh, flavor in the back of your mouth when you drink whiskey. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm like, trying to figure it out because it really doesn't taste.
1: Like uh, like a, I'm, my mind keeps thinking like is there some like vinegar-type flavor, or, like, a, you know, acetic acid. Yeah, not really. But it's... there's not, but there's kind of, like, the feel of it, you know? It's, like, not there, but...
0: Yeah, there, there's, that, there's there's a bit of a... <clears throat> I guess what that does is it kind of dries you out, right? Mm-hmm. And there's a bit of that drying, like, like over-drying feeling. Like, you're... It's almost dragging the moisture away from the Well, back. that's interesting you talk about that, because, I mean, for Scotch
1: ale, a wee heavy, this does finish really, really dry. Yes. Because you mentioned you don't like them because they sometimes come across cloying or, you know, way too sweet. Um, but yeah, this is really finishing dry compared to, you know, a lot of wee heavies.
0: Yeah, it's not exactly a sugar pop, but it does have um, a strong hint of cherries in the beginning. It's a slightly different take on a wee heavy. It's got and it's it's a strong beer and you feel it. Mm-hmm.
1: So I should say we totally screwed the pooch last week when we were doing those beers that John sent us because we forgot to mention well we didn't I didn't know because he stuck this card in the box and Heather had opened the box and the card kind of had fell out on the floor. John does a podcast called The Beerists. He lives in Austin and that is thebeerists.com, the B E E R so it's T A G B
0: e r i s t s t h e for the
1: the Beerists.com, right. yes and uh, so go ahead and check him out I haven't heard his podcast yet I did tune into one of his Google Hangout thingies he was doing a while ago so um, there you go thanks John thank for, you John we're gonna be we drinking two and more your you, beers tonight beerist
0: podcast yeah I'm sorry for not
1: mentioning it all last week I didn't know car got lost just taped them to the bottles. <laughs>
0: we We do sometimes do these shows with a with a bit of a lack of preparation and, and we hope you <laughs> we hope you uh give us some some leeway on that. We think two hundred twenty four shows we've earned a little bit <laughs> that's not at all reminiscent. I don't want to get reminiscent again it seems like we just I'm just putting to... out a number i know I know all right so that is the non-oak age. Let's see if, uh, wit, or rather, whiskey age, right? Whiskey barrel.
1: Yeah, this is whiskey barrel. So you thought there was too much whiskey already. Here
0: we go. <laughs> Let, let's see if, if that changes my perception any. Um, like I said, not a huge fan of, of, barrel, of whiskey barrel age beers.
1: This is one of the few
0: Hop and Frog beers that doesn't
1: have a cutesy froggy type name to it. You know they're they're very sticky with their uh, beer names.
0: Um, Hop into heaven. Um, well, I, Boris must stand for something. It, 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 cause Boris it's so... stands.
1: That that's not really a frog one either. Boris stands for the bodaciously outrageous Russian imperial style. Okay,
0: so frogs hollow ho is their double pumpkin. Uh, there's not a lot of frog thing. Frosted frog is their Christmas ale. Wild no, thought, frog ale. Uh, but, I mean, they have, like, Turbo Shandy, which is their, their summer shandy. Uh, Hop Dam is just the name of their triple IPA. Okay.
1: Maybe I was just an impression.
0: Silk Porter is... Porter. Maybe it has actual silk in it. <laughs> I doubt it, though. <laughs> Probably just a mouthfeel thing. Probably.
1: So this one actually pours darker. It picked up some color from the barrel. It's more of a
0: brown. Not unexpected. Those are charred mm-hmm. barrels, after all. Mm-hmm. I like the smell more. There's uh, there's much more vanillin aroma coming off of it, mm-hmm. more vanilla, more, um, more caramel.
1: Yeah, it doesn't have a hot smell, so it doesn't really smell straight like whiskey, but it definitely picked up some of that oakiness from the barrel, the vanilla. A little bit of, you know, cinnamon bread or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Mm. A little raisin, maybe. So when I, uh, your homebrew, middle of the week, I um, chopped, oh, up our a homebrew. chopped up a bunch of, what, what did I say, three and a half ounces of baker's chocolate. Yes. And then I also put in one vanilla bean. So did I you scrape couldn't... it or did you just dump it in? The, the ones we picked up were really dry, so I kind of just dumped it in. I wasn't sure it would be, you know, I think it would actually crack. You know, so we I should just, have like cut it at least. I, I kind of cracked, I bent it and broke it. And, oh okay, I like, yeah, okay, I didn't like kind of split it and straight yeah. it because when you see those done, you know it's typically a lot more moist bean. Um, I did take a little bit. I had a little bit of that vodka left. I threw a couple of the bean ends into the vodka, so now I got a vanilla infused vodka. Too. Oh, interesting. <laughs> but uh, I figure you know maybe we'll do that a little bit later. We'll get the thief and, and take some and see what.
0: I don't. I don't think it's had enough time. To, to really infuse that's five gallons of beer there and it's not active like the yeast right i mean it's uh it's just sitting there mm-hmm. so there's a,
1: I... there's a big well there was a big carpet of chocolate you know like the first day because it hadn't settled yet and then it had settled into i was worried i didn't chop it fine enough that it was just going to float on top the entire time but it dissolved and floated so
0: I'd be interested to try it maybe, to do a thief maybe next week. But I'd like to leave it and and keep it in secondary. Because I think this one needs to be in secondary for at least one or two weeks.
1: Uh, I kind of, you know, I was going to start tasting it soon just to see how chocolatey it was. Because I kind of want to pull it off before, you know. Before it gets too chocolatey? Well, I don't know what's going to happen, but I kind of want to
0: monitor it. Uh, well, I guess we could try. If you want to thief it, I mean, we can give it a shot. Mm-hmm. I think we should. Okay, we'll do it. We'll thief it later. Back to the barrel aged, wee heavy. They're out of kilter. I don't. They don't have any information about their barrel aged out of kilter on their website, but I assume it has <laughs> probably the same uh, numbers. Yeah, I would think
1: not... it's the same beer, just put in whiskey barrels. Yeah. yeah, it'd be neat to know which whiskey it is.
0: It says on there 8.2 percent alcohol by volume, so it's the same, same beer. uh yeah, 86 OG, 20.7 Plato, 23 IBU, exactly the same. Mm-hmm. All the numbers are the same.
1: Very different beer on the flavor, though. It's a lot more mellow. It's
0: a lot more drinkable. It gets that um, that benefit uh, that the charred oak gives you, mm-hmm. which is to to really take away some of that harshness. Mm-hmm. I remember um, Jim Cook talking at one of the savers about how when they first started with was a Triple Bock, in order to Get it down to something that tasted okay. They had to age it in those barrels because otherwise it was way too hot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, and, and it's a trick that basically moonshiners came up with. Yeah.
1: However, you know, I've had some white whiskey, you know, stuff that hasn't gone in barrels yet, and and, and it, it it's good too, right? So maybe it was a trick, you know, necessary with you know
0: inferior moonshine or, or moon, yeah, yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah like. Um, well, and actually, you know, moonshiners technically moonshine is clear whiskey, right? It's not barrel aged, you know. So right. the the ones that have the luxury of time of putting it in barrels usually aren't the moonshiners. Usually, yes. it's the whiskey distilleries. So,
0: but let's say when they were trying to figure out, you know, when when it, before whiskey was invented, mm-hmm. they obviously had to. They had some sort of clear product, and they had to figure out how to mellow it, because they probably wasn't was it, in the best Was it condition. mellowing, it or
1: was it a storage thing? Maybe it was just a
0: necessary buy, you know, maybe, you know, just... But you can uh, age it in non-charred barrels, and you can then, or age it in charred barrels. And they found out that charring helped. Well, right.
1: But imagine the thing where you make your whiskey, and you don't have glass jars. right. right? Or an, enough glass jars type thing, so they put it in barrels, and they found that if they stored it in oak barrels, maybe it was a necessity thing right maybe it wasn't a step to improve but the, the is, is the charring what helps it, or is it the oak I think well, I think obviously charred oak makes a better result than uncharred oak i think
0: I, I think it's a it's a filtering effect right it's the same as those as those carbon filters in your brita filter it's uh it's the fact that there's so many nucleation sites, and it's such a porous material that it absorbs a lot of the, the the stuff that actually causes the bad flavors. So I think the charring has a major effect on that. Yeah, it could. it could.
1: I was thinking, you know, more... There's some, activated
0: charcoal and those, right? It's the same deal. Yeah, I guess you're right.
1: Uh, I've never... I, I'm trying to think. I don't think the inside of a barrel is you know, charred to the point of charcoal, but
0: I'm not sure, I'm not sure. It's it's on that way. Right? It's it's in that direction. I would not be surprised if that plays a role.
1: We are just really guessing here. Yeah.
0: So.
1: Let's that's let's what we get a master distiller on the show and then mm-hmm. we'll talk about it.
0: A master distiller who's also an excellent chemist. <laughs> <laughs> Cuz I think, you know, you can be both and you can be either.
1: So you know, you mentioned you're not a big fan. You think the whiskey typically overdoes the beer, you know. So, but you sounds like you're liking this one. It sounds like this one it actually made
0: this one made a beer that I didn't like into a beer that I can really dig. Mm-hmm. This does not; it's not an overpowering whiskey flavor. In fact, it it tuned down the whiskey flavor. Yeah, I mean, enough. you
1: know, sometimes you have a beer that tastes like there was a lot of whiskey left in the barrel. Yeah, you know, and there's other times it tastes like. They emptied the, they, the brewer kept the whiskey for himself, right? He drained the barrel yeah. before he put the beer in. And this tastes like the latter. It tastes like, you know, there's not bourbon yeah. mixed in with this. It tastes like the barrel was pretty, was, was emptied out before they put the beer in. No, I'm not saying that makes a big difference. I'm not saying that the, you know, like it used to be. I was, you know, a prime example, and I know I've said this on the show, and I I don't think it's so much true anymore, but the Weyerbacher beers, when they first started doing the barrel stuff, mm-hmm. had such a whiskey flavor compared to other whiskey beers. Like, oh, they're they're getting a boost from the... Because when you get a barrel from a distillery, there could be almost a liter of whiskey in the barrel. How much does that add to, you know... Th- yeah you know 30 gallons or whatever but
0: it depends on how much whiskey left over and that could be different per barrel i mean
1: but like one liter to 30 gallons that's
0: still a significant volume yeah so to back to back to the beer what's interesting is that it's a i'm really starting to taste some of the interesting flavors that are in the we heavy now that were kind of masked by some of the the accurate stuff and some of the flavors I didn't like. Mm-hmm. And that's a combination of two things. <clears throat> One is just it it's it's that whatever the filtering is um that, that I think that I'm pretty sure happens inside the oak barrel that makes it less hot. And the second thing is is that angel share effect, right? The, it, when you put it in uh glass fermenters, nothing evaporates. When you put it in the oak, a little bit of it evaporates and seeds mm-hmm. out. So it actually sort of concentrates the beer
1: somewhat. Yeah, it all depends on how long it's aged. You know, uh, since we don't have any information on how they age it, it could be as short as a few weeks just to kind of condition it in there. And it could be months. It could be a long time. It's hard to say. You know, I don't have any specific information about this beer. I would wager that this is kind of a a shorter aged um, maturation on here. and, And they might use a barrel broker and use fresh barrels regularly. So Angel's share is not going to be a big deal like you know a beer that might be aging for that eight, last 10, sip I months. had
0: had a big whiskey flavor on it but it wasn't a hot whiskey it was actually something that I really enjoyed it kind of kind of was a almost like if you add like a little bit of whiskey flavor to like a cookie or something. And you get a little bit of that. Nice. Okay. So, you know, you have a little bit of that flavor going on, but you don't have the, you know, the hot alcohol and the other stuff that get goes it. Get some of those it.
1: bourbon marshmallows down from the Pittsburgh marshmallow factory. Right?
0: right, yeah. That, that that sort of idea or or maybe um, you know, a bourbon candy or something like that. Which direction do you want to go next? Oh, so many directions. So many directions. I I say we probably shouldn't go sour yet. Let's go Let's let's go to a transition with the jester king how about that
1: that's an imperial stout you sure you want to go big and dark before we go to something
0: lighter like this uh firefly i i I think so honestly yes (laughs) these two are lighter
1: this is a pale ale brewed in the grand grand Cru tradition so effervescence gentle hop aroma coriander grains of paradise i don't think we do a stout before this
0: I don't know, I know flight's important, but I kind of want to um to go dark and then to light and see what that does. They talk
1: about how delicate this beer is. I don't think we want to go... We've
0: already part. got big, big whiskey flavors. Right,
1: so why... why? I still have a palate.
0: <laughs> all right, all
1: right. We'll do what you want. To I'm vetoing you on this one. We're doing the... This is... The, the Firefly... <laughs> 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 Lucier Naga from Jolly Lucier Pumpkin Brewing.
0: Yes, it's a um, a Grand Cru pale ale. Uh, it is six point five percent alcohol by volume, aged in oak barrels, not whiskey. Uh, this one, excuse me, this won the bronze medal for the saison category at the twenty oh eight Great American Beer Festival.
1: And, uh, like I mentioned, it's spiced. Gentle hop aroma, coriander, grains of paradise. Runned out the spicy palate. Melting oh so softly. It actually says oh so softly. That's why I don't read marketing speak. Into a silken finish of hoppiness and bliss.
0: So that's just, that's all marketing speak right there. Ron, we like your beers, not your marketing speak. But it, it, as we've said before, though, it's it's the nature of the beast. I don't, Mm. I don't, uh not expect them to use Marky-speak, everyone is. Oh, so softly. Oh, so softly.
1: Big hop aroma. It kind of has that pilsner, like an, like a continental, like a Zotop, you know, imperial, almost, yeah, almost like an imperial pilsner. Like, there was more malt in there. It's a little sweeter. That's the first thing I got on the nose there. Second <laughs> sniff, it smells a little more barrel It smells a little little bread tea, maybe,
0: but, but maybe not. It's, it's hard to say, but... I would not be surprised if there was bread in this. This is a jolly pumpkin beer, after all. It smells, to me... I, I love it. Third
1: sip, I start getting the spices. I get the coriander, mm-hmm. you know, grains of paradise. I mean, seriously, if I was blindfolded, I might think I was smelling three different beers on three different <laughs> sniffs. It, it's, it's that cool that it's changing, you know, every time I put down the glass, pick it up, and sniff it again.
0: I'm I'm just trying to articulate it what it I'm smelling. Whatever it is, is beautiful. <laughs> it smells wonderful, although not quite like air freshener, but still just something that <coughs> smells. It's so enticing. I want to taste it.
1: Fourth sniff. Uh, fourth sniff. I'm back to the bready slash coriander mix. There, uh, the, that imperial pilsner smell I had on the All first right. sniff is kind of gone. I'm not getting that anymore.
0: Grainy,
1: uh... Fifth Sniff, the coriander is huge. This, if we're spending so much time on the aroma just because it's fun. It smells so good.
0: <laughs> Jeff's the star of the show for describing aroma. I I can't put it into words right now. Let me see if the flavor will have more coming out of me. It's mostly
1: coriander. I'm not really picking up Grains of Paradise, even though I think that's probably going to give a little more spice in the flavor than the than in the nose.
0: Yeah, it's coriander and uh, a little soapy. Um, not sure what to think of that one. Not a... Uh, never been a huge fan of coriander bombs. This is kind of why. It... It tastes sort of like the first time I had that Southampton double white. It's It's just... I don't get why people say cilantro tastes soapy, but I can see why the seed when you combine it can taste soapy because I'm getting that. Um there's a there's something that just has a an off flavor to me.
1: I I taste what you're tasting. It's a it's a little bit of the continental hoppiness flavor in there. Coriander It does, I mean, they say oak barrels, but it, it almost tastes like a wild barrel. I mean, there's some kind of, there's a bit leathery. You know, maybe that's where the soapy's coming from. There's a leathery yeah, Britannomyces bret- bret- type character. There is, there is. And, you know, breaded hop beers are, are not something that I'm a huge fan of, even though this is the first time I've
0: had a breaded hop beer with coriander or grains of paradise. It It was also... <laughs> Such a big change from the whiskey that um, uh, you know. I, I probably have to say you were right. We probably shouldn't should have done this before the uh, Imperial Stout. Uh, let me let me give it some warming. Mm-hmm. I I love most Jolly Pumpkin beer so much that I I want to give it the, give them an extra chance. Mm-hmm. So while we're waiting the for this to warm the up, doubt.
1: let's talk about your home, brew, our homebrew, your homebrew a little bit. So like we talked about the one we chocolate. I, I mean I use your, all
0: your equipment and you helped me do.
1: Yeah, but you paid for it, so it's still yours. The
0: um, I'm sharing it. I'm, it's not, I'm
1: not taking all the beers. I mean, yeah, chocolate vanilla and the one, the other one. We were talking about doing coffee before, but we were debating how to do that because. If the way I would like to coffee it is I want to do like a cold brew. I want to grind the grains, put them in a hot bag, stick them in the fermenter and dry hop, Mm -hmm. dry coffee, the fermenter. But that means the only way we can do that is if we do the whole five gallons. When we tasted the beers we moved them to secondary, it tasted like a pretty good porter. So we're not... Like, do we want to control, or do we just want to go experimental on it? You know, I mean,
0: what Jeff has done in the past with with his brews, and what he continues to do, is just kind of um, do one-offs, really. Uh, You know, you'll brew a triple here, you'll brew a uh, a porter here, you'll brew a stout here. You just try different things. I
1: I did the saison, the dark saison, like four times. You know, I was trying to fine tune that.
0: Yeah. So I'm trying to to make a particular kind of beer, a particular decadent quarter here Mm -hmm. and so I want to keep doing this until we get it right and part of that means that I kind of really have to taste the the yeah I guess to make sure the base is where you want to start right
1: whether we stick with that
0: formulation or you know go somewhere else so I I want to try so (coughs) so we're going to take off during bottling We're going to take off a little bit maybe one or two gallons and try to Chipotle with it and probably do three gallons of the regular and do the five gallon of the chocolate and see what that gets us. Yes.
1: We were talking about how we could do a coffee infusion at bottling time. Yeah. And that would get us coffee flavor in the beer. However, it's not really how I would want. And and I, not that I really have, you know, documentation from people that have experience on how to do it. It's just like how I think, imagine it would happen. Because a lot of people will add coffee at the end of the boil. Uh, I could definitely imagine you, we could brew coffee mm-hmm. and add it at bottling time. You know, I just, I've I've had some cold brew coffees, you know, and I, you know, the flavor in a cold beverage just works really well when you do it that way. It tastes better than hot coffee made cold, you know. So that's kind of what, that's kind of the yeah. reasoning
0: that I'm thinking about it. So you may be asking, wait a minute, if you want to try the original, then why'd you put chocolate in any of it? Well, because we have 10 gallons and we have two fermenters, right. and why not? we had to do one either chocolate or coffee and I, and I think we we decided I think we thought chocolate was probably going to be a um like like you said part of it is that a lot of people do chocolate right during boiling or or right after a lot of
1: yeah a lot of when I was reading up on chocolate on how much to add most people were adding it like 5 minutes ago in the boil yeah that probably mostly was just to help with dissolving it you know that's the main reason i started i started grating it with my box grater it was going to take so long so i figured i'd just throw it in the food processor and just whack it until they were really small chunks you know not as much surface area and i was my goal was lots of surface area you know if if i had unlimited time i would use the micro micro plane (laughs) grater you know and just have this paper thin stuff because you'd have tons of surface area it would dissolve cold super quickly um so I had the I had the trade up to the food processor so the surface area was less, but there were still little pebbles of, of chocolate. You know, almost like the size of nerds. You know, nerds are smaller, was where nerds it was candies. Yeah. Not us. Yeah. It was where where it was when I put it in the beer. And it looks like it has all got in there, got all mushy and did its chocolatey goodness. So It looked almost like cocoa nibs actually, you know, the way it was chopped up
0: okay uh back to the aroma. the the heating up is, has or warming up has has given a little bit less of a of a punch or i how it's used to it but it's still still not something that i'm really digging uh i have to say uh it it, it still tastes a little soapy it it tastes uh over bready. And uh and, and the hoppiness is not working for me.
1: Yeah, it tastes you know, to me it's I think it's just mostly I'm gonna chalk it up to hoppiness and breadth, Not a combination that works well for me. I'm thinking they do also do the ES Bam, right? Their S B and it it reminds I I haven't had it in a while because it's not one I much care for. But it reminds me of being similar to this one.
0: Sorry, Jolly Pumpkin. You still make my favorite beer ever. So, yeah. That. Oh, we didn't mention that this Jolly Pumpkin was the last of the best. Ba- that may... Wonder. I wonder if that has anything to do with it. That this is one of the last... This was the second last bottle off the bottling line. Yeah. Was there a little bit of concentration, you know, from the end of...
1: Uh, Hard to say. I I think it would be pretty homogenized. At least the last, you know, several hundred bottles would probably be homogenized into yeah. something... But yeah, second to last bottle. Okay, so let's go to this other wild beer. And this one's from John. This is the, uh, how do you say that? An- Ananke.
0: That's how I would guess it is stated.
1: Ananke. Ananke. Yeah, there you go. Ale aged in wine barrels 2012 from Freetail Brewing Company, San Antonio, Texas.
0: This is the backbone of their wild ale program, their base beer they use for blending, fruit infusion. fusion. Um, 5.8% alcohol by Volume 10 IBUs, named for the ancient Greek goddess of inevitability and personification of destiny, necessity, and fate. Ananke helps bring order <coughs> to an otherwise chaotic universe. You and I would call that emergence. Or... Uh, or maybe chaos theory, right? <laughs> I'm just—I couldn't get the edge
1: of the. Electric. This is one of John's beers, so it's thoughtfully sealed with electrical tape, and I couldn't even get my fingers to peel off the end. So I'm just cutting through the tape here, and let's see. There we go. That worked well. I cut it like a like cutting
0: the uh, top off a wine bottle. So this has pills in. And acidulated malts, raw wheat, flaked rye, pearl hops, uh, top-fermenting yeast, wild yeast and bacteria, natural limestone-filtered aquifers, Edwards aquifer water, and last time the special ingredient was Texas Pride, this time the special ingredient is love.
1: Greg's saying last time we had a a free tail beer. Yeah. Well, last, last show. Yeah.
0: Um... So like I said, I don't know how Texas Pride is flavor. I don't know how Love is flavored, but let's find out if it adds anything. It's certainly not Free Love. Good you have to pay for it.
1: Beer pours bright, cloudy golden. Looks like a whipped Beer.
0: Almost. yeah. Mm, I don't know. It, it's almost too golden to look like a Whip Beer. It kind of looks um... <laughs> Uh, it kind of looks like another yellow liquid. It's... Um, it's very cloudy. Yeah.
1: You get some health problems if your other yellow liquid's that cloudy.
0: Yeah. Uh, so, you know, maybe you... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think I said enough. Move <laughs> on. It, it's, it's funny because on, on their website, it, it's even uh, clearer um, and, uh, and not quite as... Starkly. I think that's just the color origin. reproduction
1: on your screen. I think you need to calibrate your screen a little bit.
0: So you say. Yes. It doesn't have the head it has on, on the- So you mentioned
1: this is like their, uh, what did you say, it's the base of their, their flagship. So, you know, this is the one that they'll brew. Like I'm thinking of New, uh, New Belgium where they brew Oscar and Felix, right? Right. And Oscar is the lighter one. Felix is a bit darker. So this is kind of like their equivalent to Oscar, which you, they bottle. I don't think New Belgium puts out Oscar by itself. I think you got to get the VIP tour to get yeah. a taste of it.
0: Which we got. Shh. Stop <laughs> bragging.
1: We only got it because the guys at the brewery. Yes, in, no, in we, we got Orange it be- be- because so awesome.
0: of Patrick Rue and his, his awesome offer to us. Which we only got because Jeff was really fast on Twitter. Somebody else could have gotten that. Someone else could have.
1: Hmm. It smells nice, it smells kind of lemony Yeah, it has a It doesn't have a bretty flavor It doesn't have a really sour or tart Or aroma, the aroma I'm talking about There's a little Something acidic going on, something a little funk Going on But it, Yeah, uh, there's a little
0: bit of a wild character to it I wouldn't say funky so much as wild
1: there's there's a I would say a little bit of funk. There's a little note of something Okay, a, now now it's really a little, funk. A little now sulfury. A little leather. Yeah. Something a little sulfury going on there. You know, it's 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 that delicious it's it's a well done sewer drain. It's a...
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's it, it's a, it's a wet leather, you know. Mm-hmm. It's that um See wet leather
1: would, you know, make a lot of people think Brett, and I'm thinking something a little more sulfury, a little more,
0: you know. No, I'm 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 thinking more wet leather. Ooh, huh. It's got a lot of sourness to it. Quite a. It's really tangy. Yeah. Quite a uh, a a hit there. Um, almost like a Jolly Rancher. Right? It's got, it's got some pretty yeah, like a lemon Jolly Rancher. Yeah, that's kind of
1: how it hits you, isn't it?
0: Pretty sour, beets. I'm, I'm puckering up a bit. Uh, wow, let's give it some another taste here. Yeah, sort of. If you if you rubbed the lemon Jolly Rancher on some leather, <laughs> <laughs> you might kind of get what this tastes like. It's there, there's a there's a sort of dirty quality to it, which is um, enjoyable it's a you know relatively
1: small beer you said what a 5.8 oh this is a 6.8 on the label i think what you read on the website was 5 something yes 5.8 so it's not as small as i thought i'm like that packs a big mouth feel and a lot, big mouth feel and a lot of flavor for a small beer but you can't really call a 7% beer a small mm. beer anymore so
0: yeah so i think um wow i think uh, dirty lemon drop it's kind of hard to describe. I mean,
1: it, it's it's not like reminiscent of, you know, many or any sour beers I can think of. You know, with the, the tang that it has.
0: Mm-hmm. It's, well, you know what the, the sourness reminds me of? It reminds me of Cantillon Hoos. Um, Pretty vinegary. Pretty, uh oh. You know, now that I'm taking some more sips,
1: I'm getting a little more, a little of the chalky flavor, a little more, you know, it's not just that lemon jelly rancher anymore. So now it does taste a little more lambicky, you know, and I, I think, you know, who's, especially like uh, Cantillon is kind of, yeah, it makes sense. Definitely makes sense. It takes a couple of sips to get past that, that sweet lemon that artificial lemon flavor, yeah. kind of type thing, which you know, it, I, that doesn't mean to sound condescending that it's, it tastes like artificial lemon. It's just that's what it tasted like. It, it was a very potent lemon flavor,
0: and 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 I think that our flavor is is as much in in the mind as anything else, and so our immediate reaction is to go to what's familiar, mm-hmm. and so there were components of this that tasted like a familiar taste, which was that lemon sweet. And then the other stuff starts to come through and starts to, you know, to color those perceptions more.
1: Yeah, some of that little funk, it's getting a little more, it's it's coming through also. So it's, uh, yeah, I I guess I can go, I hesitate to say leather because it doesn't have that signature bread flavor to me.
0: I think there's something in there. I... I don't taste the rye at all.
1: It's, I mean, it tastes like it's like a lot of wheat, you know, a typical lambic grain bill, you know, some barley, some wheat. It tastes sandy.
0: Of... It tastes deserty. It There's a, <laughs> it, right? There, there's there's this, there's this quality to it of, 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 um, Vast open spaces.
1: I just heard a report about visual thinkers. Visual yeah. thinkers versus, uh, you know, you're a very visual thinker. Very. Uh, how it's you you make more emotional decisions than people that are not visual thinkers.
0: It, I mean, it could be the case. Yeah, I didn't have any place I was really going with that. It just... I... I... I don't you, really know how to respond to that because... Cause... Yeah, I, I,
1: I, maybe just like... I heard this sort of thing, I'm like... And it made me think of the time you described a beer as tasting like a pyramid.
0: <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, it, it wasn't that it tasted like a pyramid. It was that I, the best way I could describe it, a, it, it was to pyramid. envision oh, a pyramid. Yes. Um, but, but this tastes like an arid field. This is actually... This tastes sort of like some of what you might breathe in if you were in a desert environment, right? It has that um, that air about it. That's what the funkiness is giving to me. So it's, it's less leathery and more mm-hmm. desert, more cactus, more something along those lines. good
1: i mean it is good it, i mean once you get past that initial lemony yeah you know, it tasted kind of one dimensional in the first couple of sips now it's getting more complex having a hard time really picking those things out but i mean it is a solid lambic
0: yeah or, or you know since it's not fruited it's uh it's more hoozy. it's yeah because lambic is fruited right so this is more of a wild ale i mean they call it just a wild ale so
1: Yeah, well, (laughs) I mean, to call it a lambic, it's almost like champagne, right? It almost needs to be made in Belgium, in Sin Valley. So, you know, calling it wild. Well,
0: it depends on, if if you ask uh, Jim Cook, he has a cranberry lambic that's not not a lambic at all. But, (laughs) that's neither here nor there. All right. All right, Jester King is our last beer of the night. This is their Black Metal Farmhouse Imperial Stout.
1: It has a reasonable like of Ozzy Osbourne on the label. It's called Black Metal. All
0: right, so... This is uh we got a lot of information on this sucker. 9.3% alcohol by volume, OG 1.084, final one point zero one four. What Hill County Well Water Malted with organic pale malt, roasted barley, black malt, chocolate malt, caramalt, brown malt, carafa, and dark crystal malt. That's a lot of malts. Hop with Millennium and East Kent Goldings and yeasted with their farmhouse yeast. Huh. Bottle conditioned thing pours with a lot
1: of That's one gas. big head. Yes.
0: There is more head here than beer. Look at my glass. <laughs> In Jeff's case, a lot more head than beer. It is but the beer itself is black. Black, black, black. There are no highlights. It is just black. It is. The head is a, a, dark brown. A dark t- yeah, dark brown. And it smells like chocolate and licorice.
1: I have one and a half fingers of beer and three fingers of head.
0: <laughs> the smell is still coming through big time for me. Give it a. I'm
1: getting in some some roast. I need to get the head to go down a little bit. I'm smelling a lot of CO two on mine.
0: See if you can because... smell mine a little bit more.
1: Hmm. I'm worried that I'm smelling some uh, acetone. You know, some fingernail polish remover.
0: I don't know. I think that maybe it's, uh, it's possible.
1: Maybe it's psychological because the thing poured over carbonated. But you know, you'll get that <laughs> infection. You'll get the overcarbonation, and you'll get the acetone flavors.
0: No, I I'm seeing where you're coming from. Uh you know, it, it's it's higher now alcohol, it's around nine point three, but uh it it can There's something there that may be a little acetony Acetony new word. Uh, venting English right here hmm. on the show.
1: No, I just took a sip. The first thing that I got that I wasn't expecting was a big smoke malt flavor.
0: It's a carafa.
1: Oh, maybe, maybe it's kind of like a sports beer. Okay, yeah.
0: Hmm. There's a lot going on here. There's a lot to process. There's... I mean,
1: first off, I don't think there's a big acetone infection no. in here. It doesn't...
0: It doesn't taste like it, but it, it tastes alternately chocolate and... Uh, and roasty and... Chalky and caramel. <laughs> it has a big creamy...
1: Coffee, licorice. You know, it, looks, it tastes like a milk stout. There's a big creamy body to it and
0: smoothness to it. A bit of spiciness from those EKGs. There's there, there's a lot going on here.
1: Yeah, it's not a one-note imperial stout, that's for sure. <laughs> Playing the field.
0: And 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 that, that farmhouse yeast is giving it some Farmhouse some, yeast too? Yeah.
1: Oh, I missed that.
0: I didn't hear you say that. So it's giving it this this these these like weird tangential things, these these tertiary directions that are going off in, in, in all these weird places. And it's it's really interesting and, and, and fun. Just that first sip I'm still just it's still barreling through and it it's like a rolling barrel and is hitting different parts of my tongue as it's rolling, so I'm getting these, you We know, have one flavor here, one flavor there, and now it's a little bit of root beer, now it's a little bit of, of vanilla. There's all different stuff going on here. Yeah, so... Oh, wow.
1: That's yeah, kind of a busy grain bill. I I, I, was, I guess I wasn't listening when you read it off. You got the Maris Otter, you got the caramelt, you got Extra Dark Crystal. That'll give it a little bit of that smoky character, that kind of really... Cause that's gonna be like almost like, uh, you know, imagine you know taking sugars and heating it almost to the point that it's burning. Yeah, you know, uh, I mean that's extra dark caramel, right? You know, that's where pepper.
0: some of that uh, that almost um, y thing mm-hmm. is coming from. Yeah.
1: then you got brown malt, which is you know that's just an old school, like that's like an ancient, you know, malting. <laughs> like that's when before that's when they, you know, that's like pre pale ale. That's like when malters had to use wood to dry. Their malt, it would take on some color and you know, some, some get darker, uh, and then black malt, you know, which would be like the, the carafe, like you said. Um, now it says dextrose, then roasted barley.
0: Huh, is it a, is it a different malt bill than I okay. said?
1: Magnum East Kent Jordings, and then. It
0: says English. Dry That's mag. Says Millennium here. You say Magnum. It
1: says Magnum on the. And says It says uh, English dry ale yeast for the. Are you looking at the? Are you looking at the? Black metal. Farm. Um. Do they have another black metal because this isn't the farmhouse imperial stout. It doesn't say anything about farmhouse imperial stout. It just says imperial stout on the label. No.
0: They don't have another black metal.
1: <laughs> well, this is not the one that is brewed farmhousey.
0: That... Wow That's
1: <laughs> Black Metal Imperial Stout A.K.A. Iron Sword A.K.A. Black and Death A.K.A. El Martillo Del Muerte Black Metal is a cruel and punishing brew Fermented by the sheer force Of it's awesome will It was brewed by it's own will
0: So it doesn't have form So those tertiary flavors are just coming from those yeah. A different malt bill than it says here too um, you mentioned some some stuff in there that wasn't on here, so th- this is wrong.
1: This it is best enjoyed while pumping out blast beats, summoning trolls, or enjoying a nice leisurely reading of the Necronomicon.
0: <laughs> a nice leisurely reading of the Necronomicon. That is um... well, okay. So, people who don't know what the Necronomicon is. that's um what who's that uh not not Wells. what's it's the guy who does cthulhu that's uh lovecraft um there's a there's a book in his works called the necronomicon which is you know base it's it's all the evil spirits and things and old gods and stuff made it and People have tried to use the magic in the Necronomicon to acquire power and wealth, and it always fails them and always backfires. (laughs) The Necronomicon is, you know, ancient evil. It it fits with the whole black, you know, black metal things. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, so this is a Cthulhu-inspired beer, you could say. (laughs)
1: That's, that's that's ironic because part of the lyrics of the Narwhal song that we opened with mm-hmm. it says, uh, "They'll stop Cthulhu eating." Uh, where's that? They'll stop Cthulhu eating ye. It was one of the lines in the <laughs> the lyrics there.
0: So, so do you know about Cthulhu? A little bit. I've never really read Lovecraft or anything. N- neither have I. But I know something about it because it's just it to me. It's part of sort of the pop nerd culture that we're in. So mm-hmm. i have getting myself some understanding of it. And Cthulhu is, depending on, on how you read into it, either like the, the priest of the old gods, so part of the old gods, but like the priest version of okay. the old gods or a priest to the old gods and the old gods are these powerful evil things. Mm-hmm. Well, um, the ones from Cabin in the Woods. Yeah, you saw Cabin in um, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, the Woods. The, so they they inhabited the earth before humanity, and they're evil and horrible, and uh, and they're kept asleep. and Cthulhu is is sleeping, and and even even though he's sleeping, <clears throat> he dreams, and his dreams are horrible enough to affect the world, and and he is this. This gigantic creature with wings and octopus mouth, and mm-hmm. cause he has tentacles in his mouth, and yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it, it's been it's become quite a cultural icon, Cthulhu.
1: It's hard to distinguish Cthulhu from the Flying Spaghetti Monster, though.
0: I don't think so at all. Sometimes Cthulhu is is <laughs> often picture this as gigantic green monster with dragon wings and you know, sort of a an octopus head and, and okay. tentacles coming out of his mouth, whereas this flying spaghetti monster is two big meatballs and a bunch of spaghetti around <laughs> yeah, it. I think it's a different thing.
1: Yeah. I know the different things, I, I but I didn't realize initially that they were different things. I, I'm sure I've confused a, <laughs> a Cthulhu you know, bumper sticker with a flying spaghetti monster bumper sticker. In the
0: All for the marketing speak on a beer is <laughs> how we got into this tangent. Yeah, this is
1: very po-show. That's what happens when you have like an hour-long pre-show. Uh, you know, the more I taste this beer, I do think there's a little bit of an acetone, you know,
0: infection going on. You know, just starting. I think we caught the beer in time. Yeah, I don't think it matters almost. I think it's um, uh, it, it's, it's there's so much good stuff in there that uh, to I don't me, mind to it. To me, it
1: matters a little bit, but yeah, it would have been nice to catch it beforehand when it was still nice and clean. But it hasn't ruined the beer. It's yeah. still able to drink the glass and and be okay with it.
0: If you happen to be in Texas, you can probably get it uh, before the acetone hits it. I think I think you're right. There may be something there, but there's so much else going on here that it's. Uh, mm-hmm. I really appreciate it, and uh, I think, especially if I think back to what the brewer intended, I am uh, I'm pretty amazed by what's coming through here. There's a lot going on, and I like it, I like pretty much all of it. It is. I think back. I'm sorry. Back to that uh visual thinking again mm-hmm. i i i imagine that rolling barrel and it, each time it's rolling around in my tongue it's touching different places so consider that
1: it is a bottle conditioned beer so it was put into the uh, bottles still with some priming and uh conditioned in the bottle so that that could explain some of the the liveliness when the cap was popped you know not not necessarily from any kind of infection but uh, I guess it's time to rank some beers. Yes, we're
0: all the way up to fifty-five minutes on the show already. Let me pull out my ranking machine, which happens to be a text pad. <laughs> fancy,
1: fancy I know. software.
0: I <coughs> I am hip and with it. All right, you did you you went first last time. I get to go first this time because I'm key.
1: All right, you can't. I need some visual aids here to organize my
0: thought process. Despite what uh, what Jeff and I think, uh, may be an acetone infection, or it may be just some something that, that's coming off a little bit like it. I like it. I like the other stuff so much that I'm going to put the the black metal first. I, I just really enjoyed everything that I'm getting, and I'm still enjoying it, and even just the aftertaste is still rolling around there. <laughs> There's there's stuff going on still. Mm-hmm. That that has to be um that has to be cheered, I think. So I am going to give this black metal number 1. Number 2 uh pretty pretty easy choice for me the Ananke. Uh yeah, it's kind of like a a, a hoos, it's kind of um lambicky, it's got a little if you once you get past that lem that lemon drop Jolly Rancher thing, you're on to a pretty damn good beer. And uh I I would definitely recommend that. So uh good job on you, Texas. Next, the Huppin' Frog, the bar- the barrel aged Wee Heavy. Um you know, it it, it t- took all the issues that the non barrel aged We Heavy had and pretty much got rid of them. And presented us with a nice, clear, um, not super interesting, but good beer. And uh, I, I, you know, I'll take that any day of the week. Um, well, really, I'll take that only on Saturday because that's on the day of the week. <laughs> yeah, I <keep> beer. <laughs> um, the, mm, mm, two, two fails for me. And so how do I rank these two fails? I probably... Um, I probably would put the Jolly Pumpkin as my fourth, just because I really didn't like the flavors of the Wee Heavy at all. And there was at least maybe something I could take from the Jolly Pumpkin, but to me they're kind of equivalent. Uh, I didn't like either one really, to be to be totally honest with you. And that's uh, and that's the way it works for me.
1: All right, so I'm gonna have to mix it up a little bit here. My uh, best beer of the night is gonna be your second beer, the. Uh, freetail Brewing Ananke, uh, it really came into its own after a couple of sips. It's, you know, not the the best Lambic or Lambic-style beer that I've ever had, but certainly after getting past a little bit of that Sweet Lemon Jolly Rancher thing, it really dialed in, and the rest of the glass was wonderful. Uh, number two, and I think this is where we're going to get a little crazy. I'm going to put, um, let me double-check this. I'm going to put... Actually, I'm going to change... All
0: right.
1: Let me think here. Um, think about it. Don't... I am. I'm going to put uh, the the regular... No, no, no. Number two is... Sorry. Number two is the barrel-aged. Um, barrel, okay. barrel killer. Uh, bar, barrel killer. Barrel kilter. kilter. Yes. Out of kilter. Barrel aged. Number two. Number three... I'm going to put the regular out of kilter. Um the reason for that was I can't put black metal up on top because it was developing that that acetone infection. Um while it wasn't ruined, I, I just can't can't rank it, you know, above beers that were um technically sound. Yeah. So and and you know the out of kilter will, was it was a different kind of, wee heavy than what I'm used to. You know, it was a little
0: hotter. And it had some interesting flavors. So you didn't you didn't find that even though you felt that there was a little bit of an effect, you, you still felt that the out of kilter was better than the just than than the black metal. You really felt that. I'm just I, I just want to confirm. Yes, uh, yes, I do. Okay, all right.
1: I'm going to put the uh the firefly fourth and then the black metal fifth just um it had some neat things going on there, but the 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 infection um well it didn't ruin the beer didn't make it untrinkable you know it 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 definitely hurt the beer in my ranking.
0: Quote it like a true b j c p qualified judge what you are. You've done your rankings, and that means that our show is over. So, you've been listening to Craft Beer Radio, available at craftbeerradio.com under the Creative Commons license.
1: If you want to contact us, you can hit us up on Twitter. My Twitter handle is Jeff Bearer. Greg's is CBR Greg. We are also on Facebook under Craft Beer Radio and on Google Plus under Craft Beer Radio as well. Um, you can email us at beer at craftbeerradio.com. But I get so much junk mail in that mail account that I don't pay too closely attention. But Greg does. I do. So, yeah.
0: Go ahead. Talk to you soon. See you next week.